What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. I want to go out really big right now as far as taking a, a wide term. I'm going to get into some conspiracy theories today. Can I get a witness? Yay! So the Bible's a conspiracy theory, by the way. From the standpoint of it's really happening, and there's a devil, he's going to lose, and we win. And it's all happening right now. It's not make-believe. It's, it's, it's really real. I say this again. The fact that it was going to rain and flood the earth was a conspiracy theory until it happened. On a big scale, I don't want our church, even though I'm going there today, I don't want our church to get sucked into the wormholes, I guess you would call it, or the black holes of conspiracy theories, where we're trying to figure things out. Because Jesus has given us a mandate. Number one, we're called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor by our, as ourselves. The best way to love your neighbor by yourself was given to us by Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 when he says, go and make disciples by teaching them to do everything that I've taught you. The best way to love your neighbor is to teach them how to obey Jesus fully. That way, they'll become a good neighbor and we'll explode out. Does that make sense? So that's our job. That's our job. But what Revelation 18 is, is a one world government system. And this is where we are. And so if the Bible's declaring that there's going to be a one world government system, we need to kind of jump into conspiracy theories a little bit and just look around so that we're aware. But listen, that's not where we stay. There's some people that I meet and they'll go for three hours on the World Economic Forum. Listen, I don't care. We need to be aware, but our king is on his throne. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the what? We will trample on snakes and scorpions and nothing will harm us, right? And so we've got a J-O-B. With that being said, let's get crazy. I want you to turn to Revelation 18, please. Revelation 17, we talked about, is a one-world religious system. And we talked about how that all is going to come together. It's online if you miss it. Revelation 18 is the one-world government system that is coming. And let's go ahead in verse 1, Revelation 18. It says, after this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the passion of our sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed 
immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. A mix, mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed, as she glorified herself and lived in luxury. So give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since her heart, she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality with her and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in the fear of her torment, and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore, cargo of gold and silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wool, all kinds of articles of ivory, Costly wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oral, oil, flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, and chariots, and slaves, that is human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all of your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her, will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and with jewels and with pearls. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid to waste. And all the shipmasters and seafaring men, seafaring men, Sailors and all whose trade is on the sea stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and they wept and they mourned, crying out, Alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven. And you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more, and craftsmen of any craft will be found in you no more, and the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more, and the light of lamp will shine in you no more, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard in you no more, for your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all the nations were deceived by your sorcery, and in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints, and of all who have been slain on the earth. Chapter 19. 
After this, after this destruction where God destroys Babylon, Revelation 19.1, what seemed to be a loud voice of great multitude in heaven crying out, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God for his judgments are true and just for he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, hallelujah, and the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who is seated on the throne saying, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. So that was a lot right there. The bottom line is God is going to destroy the luxury, the immorality, the kings of this world, the system of this world, the Babylonian system, which again originates in Genesis chapter 11, where they attempted to build the Tower of Babylon outside of God, apart from God. And that's what the Babylonian system represents. And we, we need to be aware of that. That everything that our world pushes us to, earthly, is going to crumble one day. It's going to crash. And it's very important that our hearts are right. And when we see the crash happen, when we see God take vengeance and create justice and judgment, right? What happens in heaven in Revelation 19 is worship goes on. Why is worship going on? Because, listen, imagine if someone killed your family. Imagine if someone killed your family and they got away with it for years. The blood of the saints, the persecution of the saints. And by the way, during this time, the saints' heads will be chopped off. Which if you die as a saint in the tribulation period, your head will be chopped off. So if you miss the rapture, guys, listen. Good news, you can still be safe. Bad news, your head's going to get chopped off. Jeremy, go ahead and put Luke 4, please. So I, I want to make sure today, my, my heart here today is to freak you out a little bit, but then also say, okay, what's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? Here's a question for you. Do you have a biblical worldview? Do you have a biblical worldview? Do you see things like Jesus sees them? The reality is, is that most Christians do not have a biblical worldview. So here Jesus in Luke 4, he's being tempted by Satan. And Satan says, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. You see that there? Does Jesus argue back? No. Thank you. If it wasn't real, it wouldn't have been a temptation. Jesus 
by not responding, affirmed that this temptation was real. Again, if it wasn't truth, it wouldn't be a temptation. If it wasn't real, it wouldn't have been a temptation. So John 14, 30, Jesus affirms this perspective in this worldview. He says, I will no longer talk much with you, but the ruler of this world is coming and he has no claim in me. He has nothing to grab in me because I don't have strongholds in the world. My flesh, I always obey the Holy Spirit, so I never come under my flesh. I'm not ruled by my flesh. I'm ruled by the Spirit. And so the world, the flesh, and the devil, none of them can grab me. Nothing can claim me because I'm free. You are under the authority that you obey. Whoever sins is a slave to sin. Jesus never obeyed Satan. He never came under his authority, but he recognized that Satan was the ruler of this world. Most Christians don't believe that. They don't believe that. They actually believe most people are good. When the Bible says the opposite. That were evil. Psalm 51. Surely I was born in sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. So Jesus believes Satan was the ruler of this world. He said it. What did Paul believe? Ephesians 2. You see what it says there? The course of this world, the pattern of this world, they follow the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's at work in the sons of disobedience. People that do not obey the gospel, there is a spirit at work in them. Again, most Christians don't believe that because they don't have a biblical worldview. Next slide, Jeremy. Paul goes on in Ephesians 6, he says, our battle's not against what? And then we see John. What did John believe? So we see what Jesus believed, Satan is the ruler of this world. Paul believed that, that there's a spiritual battle that's going on, the prince of the power of the air that's at work in the sons of disobedience, that this is a spiritual war that's happening. And now we see John, who wrote the book of Revelation. He was the beloved disciple of Jesus. And he says, hey, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they're from God or not. The Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now it's here. There's a spirit of Antichrist here in this world now. Scripture says that. And then he follows it up with 1 John 5, 19. We know that we're from God because we've been born again. But the whole world, the whole world lies in the power. Another translation says under the sway of the evil one, of the wicked one. So Satan is ruling this world Right now, the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. Now, again, most Christians don't believe that. And understand, how can you follow Jesus if you don't believe what Jesus believed? The ruler of this world's coming. He has no claim in me. John 14, 30. How can you follow Jesus if you don't believe what he believes? Paul, all scriptures, God breathed. It's the breath of God. It comes out, right? 
it, it, it is the word of God. All scripture is God breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture, all scripture. And so how can you follow God if you don't believe his breath? So what can we deduct from this biblical worldview, church? Number one, Satan's the ruler of this world. You're being redundant, I know, but some people still don't believe it. The second thing that we can deduct is that what you see in the world as popular culture meaning the majority of the world is going after it, I want to caution you, church, be very, very careful because a lot of it may be led by the ruler of this world. We do not need to be afraid, but aware. Again, we've been given a mandate, go and make disciples. Jesus said in another place that um, the judgment of this world is that the ruler of this world will be cast out in John 12, 31. What does cast out mean? Well, it doesn't mean that Satan is still not ruling the world, 1 John 5, 19. But it means that his authority was cast out. Why? Jesus said all authority has been given to who? Me. That means Satan has none. If Satan has none, his authority's been cast out. In fact, in Colossians 2, it said that he made a, he put Satan and he disarmed him, putting them to shame, triumphing over him. So he's lost his authority. Satan has lost his authority. But you know how he tries to get it back? Through deception and lies. I want us to turn to Genesis 12, please. So now I'm going to go way out again, left field here. But just hang with me. But I want you to hang with me because it's coming from a biblical framework. Genesis chapter 12. <clears throat> God is talking to Abraham. He says, go out from your kindred, from your father's house, to a land that I'll show you. It's interesting that in Revelation chapter 18, God is still calling people out. Come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of the culture. Come out of the mindset that you may have grown up in. And come on out of that. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Jesus Christ came through the lineage of Abraham, and the world has been blessed beyond measure by Jesus. Then it says, I'll bless those who bless you, I will, and, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. My family's blessed today because of this promise. Let's go to Genesis twelve seven. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I'll give this land. 
Now, the question is, okay, what land is it? And, and again, biblical worldview, biblical worldview. Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, Genesis 13, 14. Next chapter over. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look at the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land that you see, I'll give to you and your offspring when? For how long? Does that mean 2022? I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, so your offspring can be counted, arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the lamb, for I'll give it to you. I want you to go over to Genesis 15. God makes this covenant with Abraham, and he makes the covenant while he was sleeping. Isn't that good news that God does things while we go to sleep at night? So let's look at the covenant that he made, and he's going to get specific Genesis 15, 18, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham to your offspring. I give this land from where? From the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of all these people. Jeremy, if you can put it up for me. So this is the covenant that God made with Abraham. Okay. This would, it could also be called the royal grant, okay? And you see the breadth and the length, and, and this is the biblical thing. And again, this is forever, perpetual. So to have a biblical perspective, that land belongs to Israel forever. Next slide, please. Now we see the current Israel. So again, in the green was what was promised. And you see the, the edge of the green? That's the Euphrates River coming down. All right? Where's Israel right now? They're just a tiny sliver over there. And the whole world is fighting about this land. But I want you to understand something. God says this is yours forever. Forever. Now, I want you to... Go ahead and turn to Joel 3, 2, please. Now we're going to come in more specifically to Jerusalem because about 2,500 years ago, God made prophecies for Jerusalem, specifically to Jerusalem, about Jerusalem in the last days, the days and times that we're living in right now. Joel 3, verse 2. Again, speaking of the last days, Joel 3, 2, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel, because they've scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land. So God does not want Jerusalem to be divided. He does not want his land to be divided up. He's claiming that there's going to be judgment against those people that do that. Now, if that's just one verse, it's one thing, but let's go to Zechariah chapter 12. Zechariah chapter 12. Zechariah 12, 
I want you to look at verse 2. It says, Behold, I'm about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all surrounding peoples. Right now, is Jerusalem a cup of staggering? Yes, it is. The siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All the people of the world right now have Jerusalem as a heavy stone. But those who lift it, all who lift it, will surely hurt themselves. And the nations of the earth will gather against it. I want you to go down to verse 9, Zechariah chapter 12. On that day, I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Israel. Against Jerusalem, excuse me. So dividing up God's land is not a good thing from a biblical perspective. We just kind of want to back off. So when I think biblically... Okay, I don't want to vote for someone who's going to push for a two-state solution. I want us and our country just to stay out of that. Hands off. Where do I get that? Well, we just read where, where, where I got that. Now, a few weeks ago, I talked about a book called Eye to Eye, which tracked from 1991 to 2017, 127 weather climate disasters that have come against the United States of America that were directly tied to when America made proclamations against Israel and Jerusalem. Again, it's a book, Bill Koenig, Eye to Eye. And some of you got a little triggered by that, by the way. That's okay. You're going to get more triggered right now. First picture, please. Here's Justin Trudeau. By the way, he's part of the WEF, World Economic Forum. We'll get to that in a minute. But his tweet on September 22nd was to back what? Two-state solution. You see it right there. I'm not making this up. All right? Two-state solution, Palestinian. Next picture. When he said this, okay, that's where the hurricane was in Canada. That's exactly where it was. Next picture. Then the hurricane turns, and it was the strongest storm ever to hit Canada. Who heard of a hurricane hitting Canada, by the way? Strange. But it turned. It turned right after he made that proclamation. Next slide, please. So here, September 2021, Democrats introduce a bill to end Israel's occupation. I want you to go to the next slide, Jeremy. 9-23, one year later, exactly to the day, There's a little tropical storm that started exactly to the day called Ian. Again, not making it up, just kicking some facts here. This isn't conspiracy. These are factual things, okay? Weather underground, you can go look it up. That's a real map. The same day, a year later, to divide Israel, the hurricane starts. Next slide, please. Two days before, Biden's in the U.N., and what is he calling for? Two-state. Next picture. 
Then the, the day of the hurricane hitting, okay, the day of, here is our uh, ambassador, and she is supporting a two-state solution. Now, what was crazy about this, as I started to look at the maps and, and go back and forth, is that Israel is seven hours ahead of us. So go ahead and, and, and go to the next slide, please. Somebody needs to buy me a pen so I can write on stuff on my iPad. I can't afford it. It's like 120 bucks. Okay, go buy it, all right? So um, I, I actually had my wife do that because mine looks a lot worse. So I want you to notice something here. Now, again, you know, you know we're way out in conspiracy land right now, but, 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 but just look. She made, this, the, the hurricane was going this way, and, and at that time, when she made the speech seven hours ahead, she makes the speech to the UN, it ramps up to a four, and then it begins to turn in. Now, I'm not saying that was God. Hear me. But it's, all right. You got to admit, it's, it's a little, anyway. These may be coincidental. They may be nothing. But I want you to understand something. I am against a two-state solution. And it is very crazy. Again, the book Eye to Eye by Koning. How this stuff happens when we begin to say, hey, split it up. Split up the land. Split up the land. And stuff happens. It's an eerie coincidence to me. And here's the problem. A lot of people are going to see this and write me off as some conspiracy kook. But there's no... Uh, the other side is... This hurricane happened because of climate change. So everybody's drinking that Kool-Aid and nobody has that problem. Here's the thing. We've got to be very aware that we have a biblical reason why we do what we do, what we believe. Why do we believe what we believe? Last week, I said to the church, listen, guys, come out of the Babylonian system. What's popular is probably not going to be God. You need to renounce the Babylonian system. We need to be aware of the demonic forces behind the pool of sexual immorality, of luxurious living. That pool there, Jesus is calling for a church that is to be without mixture. And last week, I went into... The fact that our nation was, had some mixture at the beginning. And, and listen, some people walked away and they were like, well, then what's the point of voting? Should I just give up on my country? No, you shouldn't give up on your country. Listen, there's a mixture in you today, church. And nobody's given up on you. If you're still breathing, that means Jesus hasn't given up on you. There's still mixture in the church. In fact, the early church of which people are like, oh, I wish I could go back to the early church. Really? Did you read Revelation 2 and 3? There was already major issues there. And Jesus rebuked it and confronted it because of the mixture. So we're always going to have mixture. We're going to have mixture in the political arena as well. But listen, when I vote, I'm going to vote with my Bible. 
I'm going to say, okay, God, what are your thoughts on this? Jesus, you're the resurrection and the life. And so if you are the life, the way, the truth, and the then no way will you kill a baby that you created. It goes against your word. So I cannot align myself with those forces, and I cannot align myself with forces that are going to want to divide up the land. And by the way, again, Biden did it, but Trump also did it with the Abrahamic Accords. He put a plan to divide up the land. So this isn't about a party. It's about the kingdom of God. And listen, why is voting biblically important? Because here's what's going on, guys. In August, 5,838 New Yorkers switched their license plates to Florida. It's the most we've ever had in one month. At the time of this article, there was 41,885 New Yorkers that had switched over to Florida. It's not just New Yorkers, and by the way, some of you can't find a house, it's New York's fault. A record number number of people from California also switched their residence to Florida. 3,000 people from Cali, going back to Cali, I don't think so. Last month, there's like two OGs up in here that got that one. A new record with Washington, Oregon, Pennsylvania, with people moving to Florida. Okay, listen, listen, people are voting with their feet. They're leaving states that are forcing them to do things. That's why voting's important. They're coming to a place where there's freedom. We gotta vote with a biblical mindset and a biblical worldview. I want you to look at verse 6 of Matthew 18. Jeremy, if you could put up the next slide, please. Now, here's where I'm not going conspiracy, but it's a conspiracy that's happening. And you can look this all up on your own. It says, pay her back as she herself has paid back others, repay her a double for her deeds, mix a double portion for her and the cup she has mixed. There is a cup being mixed right now, and I'm going to talk about it. And again, we don't need to fear, worry, go down the rabbit hole. Just understand that that people want to create a Babylonian system apart from God where they are gods and they can do what they want to do. And we, the people of God, do not need to be afraid. We need to be aware of what's going on because we walk with a biblical mindset. And so Biden is calling for a uh, uh, trackable uh, monetary system. Jeremy, next one. This is the Fed Department, digital currency, calling for that, okay? So get, we want to get rid of cash. We want to put everything online so that it can be tracked. Guys, it's coming. It's coming. Next, please. And so here's just an, here's an article. Now listen, you can put Revelation 13, 17. Why? Because it says in the last days, you're not going to be able to buy or sell without the mark. 
Revelation 13, 17, you will not be able to do that. And so there's got to be a one world currency that's set up. Next picture, please. So, Klaus Schwab, and you can go online and research World Economic Forum, uh, WEF for short. And so he wrote this book. I just clicked this right off Amazon. Uh, You can go buy it yourself. Many millions of people have because this is about the Great Reset, where they're wanting inflation to happen. They're wanting to create a one-world government. They want to continue to have open borders so that there are no borders and no nations, and their desire is that they want chaos to happen so that they can bring the order and they can be in charge. It's quoted in the book as saying, COVID is the great opportunity for change and the possibilities for a new world order to reimagine our world. In 2002, Klaus Schwab said this, Davos 2022 is ready to save the world. Well, thank you, but I already have a savior. His name's Jesus. Save the planet, save the world. You need to be very, very careful on what you're listening to. In Business Insider Magazine in 2020, at Davos, there were 119 billionaires present and 53 heads of state, including our heads of state, at Davos in this meeting with the World Economic Forum. So the rich, the wealthy, the elite, they are all there. Again, 119 billionaires, 53 heads of state from around the world, they're meeting. And their basic premise is this, man is good, the systems are corrupt, and so they're corrupting the people. So we've got to get rid of Western ideology, we've got to get rid of capitalism, and we've got to bring in this new system. Next picture, please. Again, this is right off their website, you can see it. They have eight predictions for 2030 that they're going for. And guys, this isn't some podunk backwoods people in a tent. This isn't conspiracy. These people hate us, our country. They hate Jesus. And one of the tenets on here is you're going to own nothing. And you're going to be happy. Meaning they're going to own it all, and they're going to tell you where to live. And that way, when they do that and control that, everybody will be happy because there's not going to be any more selfishness. One of their tenets is this, that the United States dominance needs to end in the world. They want to take out our country. Read the article on your own. Here's another thing they want. Less meat. They want to take away our burgers, guys. I mean... One and two is fine, but do not take away my prime rib. And they also want to get rid of Western values. Well, what does that mean? That means Western values were founded in Judeo-Christian concepts, biblical concepts in the West, right? The West didn't start slavery, but the West ended slavery, Next chart, please. Again, this is from their website. 
They've got the great reset right in the middle. And they have all of these things that are wrapped around how we're going to do that. Do you know from this page, God is not mentioned? He's not in their plans. Why? Because they're humanists. They're atheists. What is in here is that about eight times environment is used. And I want you to understand something, church. This cult of green energy is an enemy within. We were, a few years ago, energy independent, so much so we were selling to other nations. Germany, which has resources, this winter, they're going to be heating their homes with wood. The most, one of the most technologically advanced, right, because they've bought into this. And that's one of their plans, by the way. The Bible is very clear. The trees are for us. We're not for the trees. Romans 1, they worshiped creation, not the creator. Jesus, in, in, before the fall, said, go and subdue the earth. Use the earth for yourself. And again, some of this ideology has crept into the church. Once you look at Revelation 18.7. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a measure of torment and mourning. Since her heart says, I sit at a queen, I'm no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death, mourning, and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. Do you see the arrogance? Do you see the pride? I will never mourn. I will never be taken down. Do you know that this is also another thing that's promoted by the World Economic Forum as well? It's going to freak some people out, but go ahead and put up the clip of our friend Noah. And so Noah Harari is a great thinker. He's involved with the WEF. Here he is on the next picture. He's in China. And he is, he's talking to them about artificial intelligence and how they want to put that inside of human beings. Sometimes when we read the scripture that the whole world will come under deception, it may be a strong delusion, but it may be a delusion where AI is starting to be put in us. Do you know right now you are already addicted to your phone? You're halfway there. Some of you. Not me or my wife, some of you guys. <laughs> Next picture. Here he is talking to Zuckerberg, same guy. And, 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 and listen, at the WEF, they had a session called When Humans Become Cyborgs. And they were talking to military officers. And this is all factual stuff. You can go look it up. But here's what the military officers were asking Okay, do I own my own implant? Does my implant become part of me? What happens when I leave the military? Who pays for my implant? Does my implant get removed? Do I keep my implant for life? Can my implant get upgraded? Who pays for that? And so this is what we're talking about with AI, and this guy's leading that charge. In fact, one of the guys, this uh, guy's from uh, Harvard, uh, Dr. Lee, he wants to make people with injections allergic to meat 
so that we can just eat vegetables and be happy. They want to redo our, our, our DNA. And, and again, this sounds so crazy, doesn't it? But that book, The Great Reset, millions and millions of people have read that book. The world is going to this. The world believes this. When you look at Europe, Europe is basically without borders. That's why when Brexit happened and England pulled away, it was a freak out. They started calling Britain Hitler and Nazis because of nationalism. Because they've already drank this Kool-Aid. And again, this is the reality. Verse 9. The kings of the earth who've committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail. Just as a way of reminder of where we've been, church, we've been through the book of Revelation, and this final world empire will be a confederation of ten nations, and they're each going to have a king over them. And these at one point, in fact, go ahead and flip back to 1717. They are going to give all of their power to the beast, to this one world antichrist ruler. And we see the precursor already happening right before our eyes, where there needs to be a reboot, there needs to be a reset, where the world's economies come under one system so that people can't buy or sell without the mark. It's happening. It's happening. I want you to look at verse 10, chapter 18. There's a weeping and a mourning in verse 11 because the judgment, chapter 18, verse 10, has come. And I want you to go down to, to, to verse 14, Revelation 18. The fruit for which your soul long has gone from you, and your delicacies and your splendors are lost, never to be found again. And so we have to be very careful for our lust and going after what the world has to offer. Because Jesus says, what does it profit for a man to gain the whole world, yet what? I want you to look at, Jeremy, put up the, the next picture of how rich am I. You see through this text, so many times the word luxury is used. It's used, lived in luxury in verse 3, it's used in verse 7, it's used in verse 9. And there's the description of luxury, verses 10 through 19 of chapter 18. So all of this luxury. Now, listen. I want you to turn to James 5, please, because this is really important for our church. It's really important for us that we don't have strongholds in us, that we don't have hooks in us, that we are completely free. So when God says to give, we give, that we begin to move with a freedom and do what he calls us to do in the last days, because the Bible speaks to the last days in James chapter 5, and listen to what it says. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl 
for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. I'm going to prophesy into everybody's house. It's all going to happen to your stuff, guys. Revelation 18. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Be good stewards. Some people are called to, to take that talent that God's given them and multiply that talent out so you can get more. But the motive of your heart has to be the advancement of the kingdom. I was listening to um, the guy that owns Robervich, Blockbuster, Heizinga Jr. Somebody gave him a prophecy. He said, take out a quarter. And he took the quarter out and he says, Keep that quarter out here. You can see everything, can't you, Junior? Wayne Junior, Heizinga, Heizinga Junior. He's like, yes, I can. And he says, take that quarter and put it now to your eye. Can you see the same? No. Be very careful of having the love of money close to you. It'll block the vision of the kingdom of God. And you're here at a church today. We're not taking an offering. And so I'm coming to you in humility and purity saying, be very careful to your attachments because the luxury of the world, it looks so good. But all that glitters is not gold. Let's continue. Your gold and silver have corroded. The corrosions will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You've laid up treasure in the last days. You might want to highlight that one. The wages of your laborers who mowed your fields, which you've kept back by fraud, are crying against you. And the cries of the harvester had reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on this earth in luxury and self-indulgence, and you have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. So we've got to be very, very careful, guys, with the American dream. The American dream, listen, this is why people are coming here, because they know this is, this is probably the greatest nation on earth, Right? But we have to be people that live the kingdom dream, where it's the kingdom first. Some of you going to college right now, it's not so that you can get rich, make a lot of money, and have your 2.5 kids. You go to college to make a lot of money so you can fund Urban Youth Impact, okay? So I got this up here, how rich am I? Again, go check it out. You can Google it, how rich my pop it in. What you can't see, because it's really small, is I plugged in a person in the United States of America who makes $35,000 a year. I won't have anybody raise their hands if they, one person makes that. But if you're one person making $35,000 a year, you are in the top 3.5% of the world's income earners. That means you are richer then 96.5% of the rest of the world. And a lot of times we're looking at other people like, bro, they're rich, I don't have nothing. Well, here's the reality in America. We are the 1%. Say I'm the 1%. Yeah, you are. I am. And it's what we do with that, guys. It's what we do with that. Are we kingdom first or are we our kingdom first? Is there a mixture with God's kingdom and my kingdom? Chris, man, take it easy. No, I'm not going to take it easy. Did you read Revelation 18? Kingdom, 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 kingdom.
So I know that was a lot of stuff today. But we're coming to the end of this book. There's going to be a one world system and there's going to be great deception in the last days. And I want to I wanted today just to have you relook at things. And I want today to make sure you're going back to God's word. So you're not believing what the ruler of this world and the people who disobey the gospel are saying and pitching. That the kingdom of God is the number one priority of your life, that you're seeing the world and you're saying, yes, God, I want to come out. Yes, God, I want your kingdom first. Save me from the love of money, which is the root of all evil. Save me from sexual immorality and perversion. I want you to have all of my heart. Give me wisdom on how to walk in this world in the kingdom of God, walking in your authority because you've delegated your authority to me and help me to make disciples that will rearrange their life around the person and practices of Jesus in order to live in the reality that the kingdom of God is here, it is first, and it is my number one priority. Help us, God, as a church to come out of Babylon and to say, God, how can your kingdom come on earth just like it is in heaven. That's our jam. That's who we are. God knows the end from the beginning. His counsel will come to pass. So make sure there's no mixture. There's no mixture. Worship team. Chris, can you leave us with some encouragement? Yeah. I'm going to encourage you to repent. If you've been convicted and repenting means that you begin to see things the way God sees them. When you confess something, it doesn't mean speaking it. It means, God, I agree with you and how you say it. And now I'm going to repent. Now I'm going to change. I used to think this way. Now I'm going to think this way. I want to be all in on your kingdom, God. And I'm making a statement today between my brothers and sisters and also heaven and the great cloud of witnesses that I'm all in kingdom first. I'm all in with you, King Jesus, and your kingdom. And I will spend my life, spend my life being an answer to that prayer that you told me to pray. May you bring your kingdom here, God, on earth, just like it is in heaven. And in heaven, his will is done all the time. I'm going to live for your will, not mine. This is, this is, a, this is a call, repent, And become a disciple of Jesus. So, Father, heavy stuff, a lot of stuff. Anything not of you, let it just fall to the ground. God, I pray this would cause all of us just to go back to the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. What does the word say? want you, Jesus, King of our heart, come and remove the things that are just too strong for us. Without your help, God, we're never going to overcome anything. So we surrender our surrender this morning, again, afresh and anew, trusting that you're going to bring it to pass. Be exalted, God. Be lifted up. 
be blessed by our worship and adoration of you. We thank you that you are here. And we thank you that we are going to win. And we have won because you have won. And I thank you, God. The next thing is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we look forward to that, God. In Jesus' name. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.